Can I give you one of the most profound theological statements that's really, really simple? Jesus is life. He's life. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. Uh, we're really excited today because this is Christmas week, and uh, we know you're scurrying around and getting things ready. Uh, in the midst of all of that, uh, we just wanted to take this podcast and do something a little different. And in a few minutes, you're going to hear Kyle Reno, our co-host on the podcast, just share a message that he shared uh, with our church here at the summit in Little Rock. Arkansas, that really is about what Christmas is about. And uh, I know it's so easy in the middle of this season to just forget Christ, to just forget what this is all about. And I want to encourage you to listen fully because this message should just make you love Jesus and long for Jesus and want to cooperate with Jesus. And and listen all the way to the end because there's a very, very uh, thrilling and encouraging uh, story at the end or illustration at the end that will make you see what God has done for you in Christ in a whole new way. So prepare your hearts and ask the Lord to speak to you as Kyle comes to show us Jesus. Anybody need a fresh start with God this December? Four of us do, the rest of you are lying. So we all need the best season spiritually, like to engage with God and to know what the incarnation is really all about. And it says this in verse one, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, if you study the language around that, it could literally be translated for all you Avenger folks out there in the origins like where it, where it originated from, like where the, the source of all things. In the beginning, when everything came into being was the Word. Now, sometimes, you know, every word in the Bible matters, but sometimes they carry a lot of weight. And the Word was carries a lot of weight right here. Let me tell you what it's saying. In the beginning, when everything came into being, the Word, which is speaking of the Logos, Jesus, you can read the context, no, no confusion around this. We're talking about one person and his name is Jesus Christ. In the beginning, when things came into being, Jesus already was. Come on now. Meaning pre-existent. When you'll see how things came into being in a few moments, how the sun and moon, the planets, cosmos, everything came into being. But when they came into being, Jesus had already been. Like sun pops up in the sky and he was a part of that. And he's like, what's up, sun? I was already here. Moon, planet, cosmos. Which should say something to us this Christmas season that we don't worship some king that showed up 2,000 years ago in a manger. That before creation and the first Christmas, Jesus has always been. Come on now, I'll preach better if you'll preach back at me every once in a while. That before creation 
before the first Christmas, Jesus has always been. He didn't come into being, he's always been there. Now, if you grasp the gravity of that, how much more meaningful does it make Christmas that the one that has always been stepped into a moment in history? Think about that. The one who has no start date picked a date to be born. Think about that. Come on. What a king. The one that has always been said, I'm gonna step into redemptive history in that moment. Being fully God, I'm gonna step into my own story. Let him see me. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Now here's some Trinitarian sort of imagery here. Whole different message. Let me give you the heart behind it. That in the beginning was the word that Jesus has always been and, and the word has always been in relationship with the Father and the Spirit. If you study out the language, it's face to face. That there was never a moment that Jesus wasn't in face-to-face -face relationship with the Father before anything even came into being, that there was perfect harmony and unity and love and fellowship. There was never a moment that God got in a fight with God. They were complete in their relationship. Listen to me, not needing anything else. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So it tells us before creation and before the first Christmas, Jesus has always been, but also Jesus has always been with God. He's always been with God. Always in perfect unity of relationship, harmony, the great dance of God. He didn't come after the father and before the spirit. No, no, no. They're perfectly together always. And then John, the writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, declares the deity of Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, here's your amen moment, you ready? And the Word was God. <laughs> That's good news. That there was never a moment in eternity past that Jesus was anything less than fully God. That Jesus didn't order his life in such a way and like he accomplished so many good deeds that he had finally arrived at deity. No, he had always been divine. He didn't become God, he's always been God. Every moment. So you see this order, man. Think about what the spirit of God is showing us about the son of God through the scripture writer of this gospel. That before Christmas, like before creation, he's always been and he's always been in perfect relationship with the triune God and he's always been God. There's never been a moment where Jesus has been anything less than fully God. So when you sing this Christmas, oh, not divine. Think about that. Deity stepped into this moment for the sake of humanity to redeem those that were far from him. And if that's not enough, come on. If that's not enough to just blow our minds, he was in the beginning with God and all things, now all things, I don't think we think about Jesus this way often enough and around Christmas, we don't, get, we don't think about this enough. 
All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made, meaning nothing in creation. Think about Jesus this way. Nothing in creation or redemption and or in the sovereign story of God doesn't have the fingerprints of Jesus on it. Nothing that has ever come into being doesn't come through the hands and are ultimately for the glory of God the Son Colossians 1.16 says this, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. I love this. Then the Lord blows our mind. Everything that you can see, you sort of think about, and then realms that are visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. Hebrews 1.2 says, but in the These last days he's spoken to us by his son. He appointed heir of all things through him, through whom he also he created the world. So I want you to I'm trying to help our hearts worship him. Before we just stop seeing him by seeing him in the manger, remember that's the maker of all things. Before we, and I hope we do find ourselves in awe of the scene where the shepherds show up and they see the son of God wrapped in flesh because they've, a word's been given to them. But before we just stop and just see what the shepherds see, remember this is the same one that spoke everything into existence that literally shaped the sun. Come on. Before we get too lost in merely seeing him as a baby that had to be swaddled in cloth, it had to be cared for by his mother. Don't you think about this? This is the same one that covered the earth with grass and grain and sand. That that one would come. What a king! child's birth that we celebrate this month and we should is the creator of everything that has ever ever come into existence. And if that's not enough, like I'm telling you, well, John, he got started strong, didn't he? He's writing these things down inspired by the spirit and listen to me, if that's not beautiful enough, this is what you should receive fully as those that are in Christ. And for those that are not, this is what your heart longs for. And in him was life. In him was and is life. The gospel of John, I love the gospel of John. It's my favorite gospel. It's not a competition, but if there was one, John's leading, all right? So I'm just saying, the gospel of John speaks of life and it speaks of the, not physically, it speaks in many ways about eternal life, but I think it gets even bigger and broader than that, spiritual life the life that no human being can create for themselves. The the life that every human heart is longing for that cannot find on their own. I love that the scripture says in him was life, is life. I mean, it's not just something that he has, it's something that he is. (laughs) Can I tell you something that's different about Jesus than us? There's a lot of them, but here's a big one you and I was death. Death. Every one of you were born beautiful, okay? I don't know if you've been told that lately, but you were born beautiful. 
that the creator God of the universe made you in the image of God and you carry the imprint of God. That's good news, right? Somebody smile at me every once in a while, right? God made you're born beautiful. You're also born dead. You are the first season of The Walking Dead, right? <laughs> the original. And the truth is this. There is no way to make yourself alive. You are physically, you are born. Every person on planet Earth, I got five beautiful children. Katie and I have five beautiful children, but every one of them, no matter how beautiful they are, they were born dead. And they need what I found at 19 and Katie found at eight years old. They need Jesus to impart life, to make a physically alive person spiritually alive before they physically die. Can I give you one of the most profound theological statements that's really, really simple? Jesus is life. He's life. He's not an aspect of life. He's not something to add to your life. He's not the religion, religious section of your life. Jesus is life. And without him, there's no life. In him, there's life and life more abundant. I want to tell you a secret. That question that gnaws in the hearts of many in the room, there's got to be more, it's him. And to those of us that are not living out, listen, that we've embraced the need for spiritual life, but are not walking out the abundant life, some of the most miserable people I know on planet earth are those that believe but are not yet living. Live in the fullness of life that God has called us to. If that's not enough, in him was life. Is this not good, man? Come on. In him was life and the life was the lot of men. Every person in this room now, hear me, was born dead and in darkness. Dead and in darkness. You can, I don't care where you come from, where your backstory is, what your family dynamic is. I don't care if you were born literally in a church building. You were born dead and in darkness. And let me tell you the worst part of, about darkness is the harder you try to get out of it on your own, the deeper you go. Anybody ever had that moment where you've been bad lost? That's different than being lost, bad lost. You know what I'm saying? Let <laughs> me tell you what my nature is. When I'm lost, I just speed up. <laughs> when I'm driving, come on, that's funny. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, hey, you're going the wrong way, but I'm getting there faster. You're like, because the tendency inside of me when I'm lost, when I've lost my bearings, I'm just going to scramble. And the truth is about every person on planet earth, darkness just brings about more darkness and we'll feed the beast. Oh man, but the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he brought life and light. And, and John makes these things inseparable spiritually. Where there is no life, there is no light. And where there is no light, there is no life. Anybody feel the darkness? I'm telling you, what we need is for the Lord to put on a light show again. Put on a light show.
to display his glory. For some of you in the room, it's when the light comes and invades your own heart, comes and changes your own life. Let me tell you something about the light of his presence. It can change any person. Oh man, the light of his presence can change any person. John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness, man, and the darkness has not overcome it. Can I let y'all in on some news today? Not one time has darkness defeated light. Undefeated, baby. Darkness never woke up, put a strategy together, said, you know what, I think if we'll do this, we can take light out. No, no, light always dispels darkness. <laughs> Light always sends darkness running. That's not our problem in what's happening in, in our nation right now. Anybody feel the darkness? You feel it all around? Well, well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not that the enemy's got a greater power or he's figured out how to advance darkness better, per se. We've hid the light. We've hid the light. We've not put forth Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way that the watching world would go, that is what I'm longing for. He is the hope of the world. Here's the promise about Jesus. Jesus defeats darkness. Jesus defeats darkness. Now I got an illustration to close here for you, okay? This is my best Tony Evans moment I got, all right? He's the best illustrator in human history. <laughs> but, but, but every, I want to give you a preface. Don't, don't, like Facebook talk about me saying I gave a bad illustration of the Trinity. Every illustration of the Trinity breaks down. There's my caveat, all right? We're trying to explain God. Anybody know that that's like an ant trying to explain the internet, right? So that's the best I got. You can use that, by the way. So let's talk about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's take these three chairs and say God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One in essence, three in persons. One in essence, three persons. You say, Kyle, explain that. I just did. Best I got. <laughs> Best I, anything more than that, I'm going to end up being a heretic. All right, so one in essence, three in person. Let me tell you what, what, what God has always had, perfect unity, perfect harmony, perfect love, everything that they need, perfectly fulfilled, lacking nothing, but desiring that the world to know their glory and to glorify their name, they brought about the creation of all things. You know what the chief now, listen to the, the prized possession of all of creation. The scripture speaks about different things. The, the scripture speaks about horses several times, about the beauty and the majesty. The scripture talks about the stars and the grandeur. And, and they will in some ways reflect aspects or attributes of God and strength and magnificence and all these different things. But there is only one part of creation that has the image of God. And God made mankind to display, to reflect to the world, the image of God. Now here's, let me blow your mind now. In, in making mankind, if you read Genesis before the fall, God invited mankind into relationship with himself. And you see it, come and walk with us in the cool of the day. That you can know us and be known. Well, listen, you can know that we know you 
and there'll be intimacy and harmony and that we'll lead and you'll follow. And God only had one rule, really, one rule. You just can't be God. The only one rule inside of this is you don't get to be us because only we can be us. And I'm gonna simplify the fall for you. When Adam and Eve took of the fruit that had been forbidden, basically what mankind was saying to God, no, I think we can pull off being God. I think that we can figure out how to do this on our own. We don't wanna just be a part of this, have communion with you. We would like to be God. And in that moment, what happened? Death and darkness. We were separate. Now I want you to hear me say something. God would have been completely just and justified to leave humanity out of this communion forever. Completely just. And we, mankind, for thousands of years now, could have died without hope in our death and darkness. You want to talk about Christmas, though? Come on now. All long prophesied, long foretold that God would not leave man separate, that God would make a way back, and that one, one, at one moment in human history, the Father said to the Son, it's time. Everything's aligned. And for this brief moment, the Son came to bring into this death and darkness hope. Hope. And we saw God in skin. And God in skin would live the life we couldn't live, die the death that we deserved, defeat death in his resurrection. Come back to the Father, say it's completed. And by the way, all that believe can come back home. That's why Jesus says in John 17, man, my prayer for them, my high priestly prayer is that they'll be one just as we are. Now they can be. Now we can be. You can come home. You can come home. And let me tell you a crazy thing about it. From this chair now, we can turn to those in darkness and say, please don't stay there. Please don't stay there. Please come here. Just come here. Come to the table. Come to the table. Come and see what Jesus has done for us. There's many in the room. You might know religious doctrine or even good theology, but I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever been made alive? Have you ever walked into the light? You ever found yourself on a cold day and you're just waiting for the sun to finally find you? You know what I'm talking about? And when the warmth of his presence comes, you know, like, man, things are changing. Bow your heads for a moment. Pete and the team are going to come back, and they're going to lead us to worship in a moment. But if you're a believer here today, like, if you know that you, if I were to ask you, like, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, how ready are you for heaven? And if you're like, man, I'm a 10, then why don't you just worship him right there for a minute? Just talk to him. Don't listen to me. Talk to him. Why don't you just surrender and say, God, use me to make this life be known to others, to, 
to shine the light, to be a part of the story. But I want to ask, listen to me in the room. I know there's some here that you've never had that happen for you. That you never made your way back into fellowship, that you've never come home. You can today. With nobody else looking around, I promise I will not embarrass you. If you're here and you know that you need Jesus to save you, to turn from your darkness, turn from your death, and you need Jesus to save you, I want to talk to you for a second. If that's you, could you just look at me, say, that's me, maybe raise your hand, say, that's me, I, I, need, I need Jesus to save me. I'll wait for you here. Awesome. Just keep looking at me, maybe raise your hand. Awesome. Keep looking at me. Don't let me miss you there. Awesome. I'll wait for you, seriously. He's waited a long time, so long. He's waited so long for you to come home. If that's you, just look at me and say, hey, that's me. Maybe raise your hand and say, that's me. Awesome. Hey, for those that looked at me and those that know you should have, Jesus is life, Jesus is light. Simplicity of the gospel is you receive his work. By faith, you reach out now and receive. You repent of the life you were living and receive the life that he gave. So talk to him right there in your heart. You can talk to him. You don't need my words. I'll help you. You can close your eyes now if that was you just and talk to Jesus in your heart. Say, Jesus, I confess my sin, my brokenness. Confess that I have run from you right now. I turn to you. Put trust in your perfect life. Sacrificial death, powerful resurrection. Save me. Now, for several of you today, that is without a doubt the most important moment you'll ever have on this planet. And you need to let somebody know. Somebody you came with, maybe a ministry leader here that you are closest to, maybe one of our leaders at the end, maybe even sign the little card and the seat back in front of you, do something, make some step today. Confess him before men. God will honor that. For the rest of us here that know him, man, say, Lord, all the life and all of the lot that you promised, I just freshly ask for it to be revealed in my life and through me. Surrender to him. Say, Lord, use me. Be bold enough to ask him for the best December spiritually you've ever had. Now in a moment, I'm gonna pray for us and some of our leaders are gonna be up here. Some of our prayer leaders, y'all can go ahead and move prayer leaders. And here's the truth. Every gathering is an opportunity to get to God. Many of you came into this room carrying stuff, had nothing to do pertaining to the message, but had everything to do pertaining to your life. That you brought some heaviness in here. You brought some hardship in here. The truth is, is that this holiday season has been difficult for you. Maybe you need a breakthrough. Maybe you need somebody to believe with you. Please don't come into a gathering and miss a moment in God's presence. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need help. We're going to worship, and every time we have a gathering, we would 
love to provide an opportunity for you to be prayed for. We prayed with several people last service about real stuff. Let us pray with you. Father, even now, glorify your name. Glorify your name as we respond to you in worship. We respond to you in prayer. Glorify your name in the situations of our life that we need you to invade the darkness. We pray in Jesus' name. The other day when Kyle preached this message, I had been asking the Lord, Lord, would you just help me love you more and fall in love with you all over again? And I remember on this day just weeping at the end of this message and saying, thank you. The Lord has invited us back into the circle. <laughs> and you can be there by faith. And if you're not experiencing that right now, it's time. It's time for you to realize what Christ has done and to turn back to that circle and begin to experience all that God has for you in communion with him. So let me pray for us and, uh, and pray for your church at this critical season right now. Father, we're, we're so overwhelmed when we hear your word uh, preached faithfully and well about what you have done for us in Christ. And Lord, we were separated from you and, and you just pulled us back in. And it all came at the expense of the Son being willing to come to earth and live and die and rise again on our behalf. So we're just thankful. This Christmas, we're just grateful. And I pray, Father, that this Christmas time for all who are listening today and for their churches and ministries they represent. I pray more than anything else, Lord, we just encounter Jesus. I pray that our kids and our relatives and our friends would have an encounter with the resurrected and living Christ and would be drawn into the circle with him. And Father, would experience the fullness of all that God has prepared for us since the before the foundation of the world. So Lord, we want to tell you this Christmas time, we love you. We just love you and we want to love you more. And we pray your blessing on every life and every church that's listening and in represented here today. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. And next week, we'll begin a six-part series about the next generation and, and its relation to revival and spiritual awakening. You will not want to miss this. And uh, so join us next week.